Hello and welcome to the March DCM podcast. Spring is here and so are massive Marvel films. In cinemas at the moment and tearing up the box office is Captain Marvel. Already over £30 million in the UK and just four weeks away is Avengers Endgame. Reportedly all three hours plus of it. To discuss the continued huge critical and commercial success of Marvel and to look ahead to the first half of the summer are DCM's two biggest film nerds. I mean, two <laughs> biggest film fans, Antonio Garcia and Corinne Eschen. Hi, Corinne. Hiya. Hi, Antonio. Hi, Tom. How are you? Get great. Thanks for having me. And, th- and hi, how are you, Corinne? <laughs> I, 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 when, when I said how are you, that was a broad how are you to both of you, but I'm glad that Tony just took it upon himself. Just, yeah. Jumped in there straight away. Okay, so let's talk about Captain Marvel. We're now at the stage where Marvel can take one of the lesser-known Marvel heroes, because I'll be honest, before they put Captain Marvel on the schedule, I didn't know Captain Marvel, who's had no other introduction in a Marvel film except that pager message from Nick Fury at the close post-credit scene of Avengers Spoiler. Infinity War. Sorry, they've had enough time to see Avengers okay. Infinity War. A year later. And it's a, they've turned it into a billion-dollar film worldwide, and it's going to hit almost £40 million in the UK, if not more... It's rather extraordinary, isn't it? Uh, yeah, I was I was thinking about this. If we rewind, what ten years ago, when the when the Marvel story as we know it started, if you'd have said a film called Captain Marvel's coming out with a lead female superhero character, you'd have thought no 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 one would would probably go go see that. No one's heard of that character. A female lead superhero was you know unheard of back then, and it's absolutely smashed it. And I, it's just it is the power of the the Marvel brand and what they've done over the last 10 years and like you say they can introduce a character that relatively no one's heard of but because it's fitting into this huge story people do not want to miss out they're going out to see it because they know it's an important part of the next the next Avengers film. Were you aware of Captain Marvel uh, until this came on the schedule Corinne? I wasn't no I don't feel like I'm a big enough sort of Marvel comic book nerd geek whatever you want to call your fan um, <laughs> what's the least offensive way to call a marvel fan um to be like fully aware of um all of the captain marvel kind of backstory i know that there's some crossover with shazam there i think with being called captain marvel but that was kind of where my knowledge stopped um but yeah no it's really kind of phenomenal i think indicator last or two years ago even when wonder woman came out about kind of the fact that that was quite successful for DC, one of the most successful both critically kind of and commercially for DC, indicated that maybe, you know, Captain Marvel was going to do huge numbers, but I don't think even we could maybe have imagined that it was going to do take off as well as what it has done, especially when I think there was a lot of talk about Black Widow being maybe the first female superhero from Marvel to get her own um, superhero film or solo film. So, yeah, the fact that something completely unknown really does show how powerful and how strong the fan base for Marvel is. And it bodes really well for Phase 4, because Endgame is going to see the end <laughs> of Phase 3, and Nick, uh, Kevin Feige has already said that Captain Marvel is the face of the Marvel and the Avengers going moving into Phase 4. And it, I think it just shows that people trust Marvel and are willing to go on this journey with them, which is hugely exciting for what's still to come, and Marvel are still announcing the Phase 4 films. Absolutely. I didn't even realise it was Phase 4. <laughs> is it, it's Phase 4, right. Okay. Yeah, well, got, I got it. I think Endgame is the, the end of okay. Phase 3. I should know that because I'm a fan. Um, but yeah, no, like you say, um, it was only a year ago that they were doing the same thing with Black Panther. Relatively unknown um, character, but important for the for the next phase of the universe as we 
maybe say goodbye to some of the older characters and are introduced to the to the new characters, but they've so cleverly integrated them into the bigger picture. And Black Panther did did huge numbers yeah. as well, so we shouldn't be hugely surprised that Cap- Captain Marvel's done huge numbers. But Black as well. Panther was introduced quite prominently in Civil War, yeah. wasn't yeah. he? As well. That's Captain true. Captain Marvel true. has the Nothing. only thing we'd seen was the uh, good point the uh, graphics on Nick Fury's yeah. pager, and and also as Captain Marvel and sorry spoilers if anyone hasn't seen it, but it's set in the nineties. So it's kind of prequel territory, kind of, in the timeline. So we know there's actually tons of story for us still to find out with, with this character. So it'll be really interesting, like you say, what they're going to do with, with, with her and knowing how, how powerful she is as well as a, as a superhero. So talking about the film directly, I know that you two had slightly opposing <laughs> views on this. Tony, you're a huge fan. Can you tell us why? Um, I think I've been brainwashed. <laughs> <laughs> Marvel, yeah, I just, I just love. You've drunk the Marvel Kool Aid. Yeah, I have. Yeah, I'm. I there's, there's little they can, they can do wrong. Do you know? At the weekend, I watched um, Captain America. It was on film four. The first I, Avenger. Yeah, and I was like, oh god, I forgot how good that was. It was so good. It was amazing. But I like them all. Maybe Thor: The Dark, Dark. It's uh, the weakest one. Yeah, yeah, that was not, not. But they can't great. all be hits. But yeah, considering I, they're I on the name, it was they're on so film twenty one now. Yeah, and there are remarkably few bad films in there. Yeah, I, I think Thor: The Dark World is one that I just have no interest in seeing again. Yeah, but d- other than that, I would happily watch yeah. almost all of them and Incredible Hulk. Yeah, I just I, d- I don't know. There's, I've I've I thought it was an, a nice kind of fresh perspective on it. You know, it had that nineties thing going on. Had a great soundtrack. I thought it was funny. I I loved the the play off the off off um, Ca- Captain Marvel, Brie Larson, and Nick Fury, Samuel L. Jackson. It was great to see Nick Fury have a bigger role as well, wasn't it? Absolutely. Um, yeah, and I, I I I liked the fact that you know you had again uh, not to, you know quote what everyone's been talking about, but uh, this strong female superhero lead character. And there were bits where I, I did want to punch the air because it was really inspiring to see he, see her character, you know, kick ass. It was it was I thought it was great. I really enjoyed it. And Corin, yeah, I wasn't so much of a fan, um, <laughs> which is probably not the best way to uh, to kick off a podcast looking at Marvel in particular. I think mainly for me, it was. I think I might have mentioned it when I was on here before last year. One of my favourite films of the year was Black Panther. I thought Black Panther was just the most incredible film. And so I think coming into it for me, with like that being my last um, sort of standalone introductory film or backstory film for a Marvel character, I think I had those standards in my head of what I was expecting it to be like. And again, kind of the excitement around it being the first female superhero. And again, I'm not like the biggest Marvel sort of backstory geek or nerd or anything so yeah for me it didn't quite tick the boxes personally but I have to say the soundtrack was just great I did come out like the first thing I did when I came out was put um the no doubt I'm just a girl song on straight on the um Spotify really fantastic soundtrack and I'm a huge Samuel Jackson fan anyway so Nick Fury for me along with Goose the Cat was the the standout moments of the film and like you say it's great to get for him to get some time to really shine rather than just yeah. kind of be the sidekick to the other Marvel characters. And he's 71, 71. years old. He's yeah. an amazing man. I mean, obviously they've done some digital de-aging, yeah. but it was almost seamless. You couldn't tell, could you? No, I think occasionally on some close-ups, his hairline looked slightly odd. But um, So does mine. Yeah, but, but who's doesn't when you... I mean, <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Uh, so just, after week, just a week after Captain Marvel's release, Marvel released a brand new trailer for Avengers Endgame featuring Captain Marvel. 
So it confirms what we already knew, that she's going to be a huge part of taking down Thanos. That was a canny piece of marketing, wasn't it? Because we were all wondering when Captain Marvel was going to come into the Avengers marketing. Yeah. I thought yeah. they would release a trailer with her in before the release. But the first week, they were like, no, if you haven't seen Captain Marvel, watch this trailer and then go see Captain yeah. Marvel. They they know what they're doing, don't they, Disney? They're just like laying down... Um, little little clues and 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 pieces of filling in pieces of, of the puzzle just to like tease you along the way and if you'd seen the mid credit scene from Captain Marvel it, it kind of teased the trailer so when the trailer landed not only did it reward the people that had seen the film but the people that hadn't seen the film it makes them want to see see Captain Marvel even more and I and I just just prior to, to to this, Tom, I checked the Wikipedia page for the uh, all-time trailer records. Do you know what's number what's number one? Avengers Endgame. Yes, correct. But actually, not the new one. The the first one and, yeah. the, and the second one's second. But yeah, they they smash it out of the park with their their trailers and and their marketing. The trailer for Avengers Endgame. Let's talk about that in a bit more detail. It is extraordinary for seemingly being made up of mostly shots from previous films. I think it's a two and a half to three minute trailer and I would say less than half of it is shots from what I, what I would guess from Avengers Endgame that's pretty extraordinary as well Marvel don't need to market these films with actually with anything from the actual film because everyone's made up their mind that they're going I think yeah I think it's quite amazing really when you think about like if you sort of compare it to the Suicide Squad trailers when they came out a few years ago and how hyped everybody got over those really kind of overblown trailers and, you know, all of the amazing soundtracks that was on them. And that was because it was all new footage and we hadn't really experienced these characters. And I know, all right, the outcome wasn't that great of Suicide Squad, but it feels like it's kind of that sort of excitement level all over again, even more so for this. And like you say, the fact that there's no prior, there's not really that much new footage in there. It's a lot of prior footage really shows, you know, I sat next to um, another girl that works here Maddie and I could literally listen to her as like the clips from the previous films were coming up and she was being like oh like you know the whole way through it because there's just such that level like you were saying about kind of being brainwashed by Marvel there's that (laughs) such deep um sort of excitement over Marvel that you don't really care what you're watching it's just the knowledge that it's coming up in a few months is just enough to get you excited they've 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 earned they've earned that over all these years and all these great films they've earned the sort of the, the the right to do a trailer without actually giving anything away and how refreshing is it to watch a trailer where you you get none of really none of the story that's quite that's quite rare like we know nothing about this film really no. except it's going to feature half the avengers uh, the other half are probably going to come back at some point and thanos is going to be in it we yeah. don't really know what the plot is do we how this is going to work um we're all everyone's guessing that it's going to feature the quantum realm or time travel yeah. and captain marvel's going to play a part but we all, no, no no one knows do they except the people who've made the film. That's all I wanted was time travel. Just yeah. give me some time travel, I and then it's the perfect film. As long as they... I'm a fan of time travel, like Back to the Future 2, where you see a scene from a different perspective. That you, that's what I want. If Absolutely. I could do that, that'd be great. Thanks. Absolutely. So, reports out this week suggest it's going to be over <laughs> three hours long. Wow. Uh, which, while it's not a major surprise, considering how much plot there is likely to get through... It is uncharted territory for a superhero film, aside from director's cut and extended editions and such like. Will you both be avoiding liquid in the 24 hours prior to seeing it? I feel like that's a necessity, isn't it? I mean, 
I'm always amazed when I go to the cinema and I think you're grown human beings and you can't sit through an hour and a half film without needing to get up to go to the bathroom half the way through it. But I think, again... This is two hour and a half films. So two hour and a half films in this case. <laughs> but I can remember going and sitting and watching Infinity War and it's unlike... Going and watching a Marvel film is sort of unlike an, any other cinematic experience, especially if you go on like the opening day. Because normally when you go to the films, you've got people kind of like eating their popcorn and, you know, there's all that kind of hustle and bustle kind of thing but everybody just sits there in silence because they're so especially with something like what I imagine Endgame would be like because of what Infinity War was like everyone is so ingrained that I can't imagine any fans wanting to get up and remotely even chance at missing kind of any kind of key point they'd, that goes they'd on rather the wet themselves oh yeah 100% yeah. like I wouldn't I want to be, be the one cleaning up yeah. after yeah. it they should do a brand partnership with Pampers <laughs> I might bring a potty Maybe. <laughs> I don't know. Too much information, yeah. I think. Yeah. Well, well why not introduce... Go to the old Victorian hospital and steal a bedpan before. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's that's exactly what I was thinking. No, or an interval. Why don't they, like, you know... It's an, it's an epic, like Lawrence of Arabia. Yeah. When I, when I actually saw that with you, yeah. they had an interval. Let's put it into... The Hateful Eight had an interval, and that was about the same length of time. Bollywood and Hindi movies all have intervals as well. Yep. And it's just like a course of you go and watch it and you watch your hour and a half and then you go and get more food and then you come back and watch it again. So it's done. And again, people really enjoy it. But I don't think people would want to be taken out of, no. for something like Avengers, I think people are so ingrained in what they're watching, they wouldn't want anything to disturb that piece. Yeah, I agree. Yep, I, I completely agree. So we're all very excited for Avengers Endgame. Let's look past Avengers Endgame. Uh, we have a jam-packed May and June. So Avengers Endgame is out on 25th of April. Then we have a jam-packed May and a jam-packed June with Detective Pikachu, <laughs> John Wick Chapter 3, Aladdin, The Secret Life of Pets 2, Rocket Man, Godzilla King of Monsters, X-Men Dark Phoenix, Men in Black International, Toy Story 4, and Yesterday, all coming in the following two months. What are you most looking forward to, Corin? Uh, I think, well, it's pretty obvious for me, Aladdin. Um, I am one of the biggest Disney fans, I think, on the planet, maybe. Oh, you went to see the stage show again last week, didn't you? I yeah, actually, this that. week. This week I'm going to see it, yeah, for the oh. fourth time. Um, I <laughs> Any love Disney Aladdin. tattoos? Oh, there might be a couple. <laughs> I might have a couple of Disney tattoos. <laughs> um, She's no. showing them. You can't see this on the podcast. Yeah. She's showing them. Yeah. Right now. It's um, a whole new world. It's <laughs> all, <laughs> so, uh, yeah, in depth tattoos um <laughs> uh, no i love disney and aladdin is one of my favorites i think for me personally out of the three live action remakes aladdin is the one that i am most excited for and when the trailer was released i mean the first trailer got me really excited and then the second one that kind of hinted at sort of a bit of will smith and then just with this trailer it's got all of that color in it it's got the songs you know i practically sat there and wept when they started singing a whole new world on it it's. I am so excited for this film. Nothing's going to top it for me. I think. Is this the while. biggest film for you all year? Up. The, I mean, up the us that we've just seen was up there. Aladdin and uh, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood in the summer. So, and I actually. I mean, I've seen, seen the stage show Aladdin as well. Um, and the thing about the stage show Aladdin, I think the casting of Aladdin and uh, Jasmine lets it down slightly. But in this, I think. Mina Masood as Aladdin and Naomi Scott as Jasmine look really well cast. She's obviously someone that's really kind of up and coming as well because she's just been cast in Charlie's Angels as yeah. well, isn't she? So I think that the fact that we can already look ahead and go, do you know what? These studios have obviously got confidence that she is a great actress and she can really deliver. And maybe, you know, there's a chance that if something, if Aladdin really does take off and really takes her career off, we could be looking at sort of maybe a new sort of Jennifer Lawrence, Margot Robbie style actress to kind of come and be 
in that new wave of uh, female sort of strong leads that we're seeing a lot of films go in the direction of at the moment. I have to agree that when that new trailer dropped and they showed Will Smith as the genie mm. uh, and they showed the songs and, uh, and I think uh, Naomi Scott as Jasmine looks quite steely and determined i was like okay i'm in i'm definitely in for this i'm a big fan of aladdin tony are you looking forward to aladdin uh, i used to have the game on my super nintendo and it was it was a great game that was a good game wasn't <laughs> it was it? a great game especially the the the, the, the level where you, you got to fly on the carpet to a whole new world it was just a nice chilled relaxed level that's yeah. a tattoo you've got isn't it yes <laughs> he's got the <laughs> super nintendo it's pixelated i've got it out guys yeah. uh but yeah no i am looking for i think after like you said after the second trailer and we saw a bit more of Will Smith as the genie because it kind of it'll live or die on on him as the genie. But I think after that second trailer, we we could see actually he's he's pretty good. He's pretty good as the genie. So yeah, I'm, I'm looking forward to it. So of the list of films that I mentioned, which one are you most looking forward to? Uh, do you want to do you want to guess? I'm going to guess at John Wick Chapter Three. Correct. Yeah. If I could only see one of those films, it would be it would be John John Wick Chapter Three. I'm a, I'm a massive. John Wick fan and a Keanu, Keanu Reeves fan, and it just looks like more more of more of the same, which is all which is all you need. And they've ramped it up. He's he's on a horse, um, shooting people on, on motorbikes. He's on a motorbike with he's a, a samurai he's, sword. He's on a motorbike with a samurai sword, which is obviously great value as well. Um, remi- reminded me of Villainess. Yeah, great which is on Korean Netflix. Very good Korean film. Yeah. All right, check it we out. We went guys. to see that, didn't we? Yeah, we did. Check it out, guys. You haven't seen that one. Feeling like a third wheel here. Yeah. <laughs> you uh, you like John Wick, though, don't you, Corey? I do like John Wick. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And you've got Netflix, so you can go and watch yeah. Villainess. Go. It's we're good. In agreement. But no, I'm totally on board with John Wick Chapter Three. I'm glad you said that because I love John Wick Chapter One and Two, and this one. I just love watching Keanu Reeves in this role. I don't know what it is about Keanu Reeves. He's just such a watchable screen presence. Yeah. I love the, his delivery. And when he says in the trailer, I want guns, lots yeah. of guns. Quote back to the Matrix. Yeah, back to the Matrix. And it's got Lawrence Fishburne, Morpheus in. Yeah. Halle Berry turns up. She's got her own dog. <laughs> um, then there's a bit on the horse, which makes me think of True Lies. The bit on the motorbikes. I'm just, I think this looks like the best action film yeah. of the year. Just ticks. It ticks every box you want. Not only for a John Wick film, but like you say, an act, a just genuine action film would be a great, great action film. I was going to say Asia Kate Dillon as well, who looks like they're going to be the baddie in it. I'm thinking. Um, if I don't know if either of you watched Billions, but they are great in the TV show and a fantastic, again, a fantastic actor that's sort of on the rise. And I can imagine making a fantastic villain in a film. So that gets me very excited for that as well. It's out. May 17th I should point out Aladdin is out May 22nd any of those other films that you want to highlight I mean I um, am obviously excited for Toy Story 4 you always go on about yeah, I just Toy Story 4 I, I just can't I mean I love any Pixar film have you got any Pixar tattoos yeah. Tony? Uh, no no you've got a Forky tattoo though yeah. I can <laughs> yeah. see I've, yeah, well, I'm yeah. hoping he doesn't Spork, sorry Sporky Spork, Forky Spork, I'm, Fork, yeah. I'm yeah. hoping yeah. if you want to wear Forky as the new character in Toy Story 4 so this sort of repartee relies on you having seen the Toy Story trailer but Forky is the new character I haven't got his tattoo I'm holding out to find out whether he does turn out to be the bad guy or not because obviously if he's a bad guy no way am I getting a forky tattoo Toy Story 4 out June 21st is surely one of the standout films of this the year as well it's definitely going to be I it's I mean I personally think it's a three-way horse between that a three-way horse three-way horse three-way race maybe um between that Avengers and The Lion King as to what will be the biggest film of the year so let's just talk okay I'm glad you brought that chat to the table Corinne so the biggest film of the year, Avengers Endgame, guaranteed to do £75 million in the UK. 
around seven million, six and a half to seven million DC emissions at least. We're talking probably, while we're on the subject of emissions, we're probably talking uh, 27, 16 to 34 TVRs, 16 to 34 May TVRs, huge numbers. You don't think it will be the biggest film of the year? No. <laughs> I I mean, I, I would quite happily eat my words and say I can 100% see how it would be, go on to be the biggest film of the year. Um, I just hold a lot of faith in The Lion King, I think, over the summer for me personally. I mean, the fact that Beauty and the Beast came out, we knew Beauty and the Beast would do good numbers, but the fact that it came out and did over 70 million. It did more than Avengers Infinity War. More than Avengers Infinity War. And that's one of the, it's not as well loved as The Lion King, I don't think, as an original cartoon. I think the casting in The Lion King, you know, you've got Donald Glover, Beyonce, every every person that they've cast in that film, film seems to be a perfect match. I just think personally that that's got everything and it comes out in the summer holidays. And the visuals look jaw-dropping. It's ticking all the right boxes. Yeah, and Lion King, little fact for you, was the biggest animated film of all time when it was released in the mid-90s. What do you think, Tony? Star Wars, Lion King, Toy Story 4, Avengers Endgame or Frozen I, 2? Yeah, I, I, I wish I could, like, disagree and and continue like this debate but i i'm in agreement i i I do think lion king might might just pip it and i think the time of year it comes out as well it's in time for the summer holidays right the start of some holidays not only will it get you know it will have that massive you know opening week but it'll you know families will keep going to see it over the summer as well so i could see it doing huge numbers and i think it will just pip endgame avengers endgame as well and i I mean but even so Avengers Endgame will probably do around £75 million. Lion King could well do a lot more than that. Star Wars Episode Nine is surely going to do more than that. Bearing in mind, the last one, Last Jedi did mid-80s. Force Awakens did over 100. 100%. And I think as well, so I think as well, because Star Wars, we've spoken about it before in the past, you know, they've not really given the full press backing to things like Rogue One and Solo. The fact that they're already, I've seen so many... uh, interviews with Oscar Isaacs about kind of his character in it about Poe's character in it about Carrie Fisher and the fact that they're going to use some of this footage of her previously the fact that they've already started really pushing and really talking about Star Wars and we're this far out from it and as well it's the final one in the trilogy of one of the biggest trilogies if not the biggest trilogy um, of all time in recent UK uh, sorry in the UK cinema I think it ticks every box to be huge I, I, I just think Lion King's going to be bigger <laughs> I, I think it's between Star Wars and like but either way we're talking about five films here which you know and we haven't really mentioned Toy Story 4 being at the same level Toy Story is the biggest animated film in UK history Toy Story 3 sorry you talked about Beauty and the Beast and Avengers Infinity War Toy Story 3 was bigger than both of those and we've got Toy Story 4 coming out it's just a very exciting time for cinema isn't it yeah uh, yeah, it's weird. I think I think Toy Story Four as well. It's worth mentioning in our in our latest research was actually the film that all the respondents said was the, the film they were most excited about. That's well. correct. So in our latest building box office brands research, Mission sixteen thirty four launch land impact, we surveyed a thousand sixteen thirty fours and asked them which film in twenty nineteen were they most looking forward to, and Toy Story Four came out on top ahead of Avengers Infinity War. So, uh, I mean, it shows, like The Lion King, Toy Story 4 and uh, Lion King, they are four-quadrant films. They are for everybody. I mean, I, I, I mean I'm mean, i no longer 1634, <laughs> and I am very excited for both of them. But looking at May and June as well, we didn't even mention some of the smaller films, and I think there's a, 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 an array of smaller films in uh, across that two-month period that are real standouts across the summer. So... 
Firstly, Ma with Octavia Spencer in a Blumhouse horror, which directed by Tate Taylor, who did The Help and The Girl on Train. I think this looks like a really striking thriller. Octavia Spencer, who is a fantastic Oscar-winning actress, plays a woman who befriends some college-age kids, lets them drink in her basement, and somehow gets some sort of revenge on their parents or them, and it looks very dark and twisted and a lot of fun. I am so excited for this film. I, I'm getting kind of finding a new love for horror, and I think horror is seeing a big renaissance at the moment with things like It, A Quiet Place, Hereditary last year, Us, which is, alongside Green Book, my film of the year so far. This looks like it's going to be in that kind of same vein as being not just about getting kind of cheap scares in. It's all about having quality actors. I mean, Octavia Spencer, Luke Evans is in there as well. He's one of the parents, you know, real quality Act, acting ability in there doing what looks like a really clever really unique take on a horror film and a story that we haven't seen before I don't think yeah that's yeah. 31st of May very excited for that one also Booksmart as well the same weekend which stars Caitlin Dever and Beanie Fieldstein it's Olivia Wilde's directorial debut premiered at South by Southwest a few weeks ago to absolutely rave reviews I don't think we've seen a teen comedy get such strong reviews uh, it's out the 27th of May. This looks great as well, doesn't it? Yeah, it's it's nice to see um, like a decent comedy on 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 the schedule. I think like we we've said before, you have a year where there's really good horror, and then for some reason it sort of sacrifices um, comedy. So it's this year we seem to be getting a few more good comedies on the schedule, and this looks like one of them. And it essentially looks like a f- uh, like a, f- a female super bad, doesn't it? And it does. Like, I watched the trailer and. I lolled three times, at least three times in that trailer. It's a very funny trailer. It just looks great. I mean, it, the tone of it looks judged perfectly. Caitlin Dever and Beanie Fieldstein have been very, very good performers in other films. Beanie Fieldstein, more notably Lady Bird. Um, I think this looks great. Yeah, I'm again, I think there's a couple of films, um, Good Boys as well, that kind of comes out in and around that period. August, yeah. August, oh, yeah, August, a few months later even. We really are in need of like a proper good standout comedy. And it looks like it's got kind of a same feel, similar feel to Lady Bird that came out last year. And the fact as well that it's being directed by a female actress in a similar vein to like Greta Gerwig taking on Lady Bird gives me a lot of hope and a lot of faith. So ultimately, it's looking very positive for the next two months. I mean, us in cinemas at the moment, as you said, is great. Dumbo out tomorrow. Then in four weeks' time, it's Avengers Endgame. And then after that, it just doesn't stop. It's hit after hit across the summer. It's very exciting. Thank you for joining me, Tony. Oh, thank you for having me, Tom. Thank you, Corin. Thanks for having me. I'll be back next month when we'll be talking about something else. Bye. <laughs>